the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. No, I'm not. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. All right, so let me ask you, Heidi. Who... Did the uh, the uh, voiceover for the original Mr. Grinch cartoon? Was it Thurl Ravenscroft? No, no, it was Boris Karloff. Oh, that's right. I get them confused. <laughs> and Boris Karloff did that. It's amazing. Uh, over all of these years, that is still as popular as it is. I mean, I. If I had to sit down and pick which Grinch movie I wanted to watch, I'd watch the original cartoon because it's so good. It's it. I don't think it needed any any additions or subtractions or anything. And uh, the same thing with uh, you know the movie. You know, Jim Carrey played the Grinch in the, the original movie. I thought he did all right, but Karloff was so good at it. At reading it, I mean, why do we need the movie? I, I well, money is, didn't. Yeah, the studios wanted money, is what it was. All right, J.R. Davis and Seth Mays are with us today. Of course, J.R. with the Gilmore Group, Mays is with the uh, GOP here in Arkansas. Guys, I'm going to put you in in the middle of things uh, to start us right off this morning. Let me take you to Georgia, J.R. And I'm going to say you're a handler for Purdue or Loeffler. And, uh, Seth, you're, you work with the uh, GOP in, uh, in Georgia, and you've got two people that are out holding rallies, uh, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, and they're telling people, don't go and vote because it's not going to be a fair election. Well, I can tell you this much. If you don't vote, you're you're signifying what the outcome's going to be. What would you be telling your people right now, uh, Jr.? What would what would you be doing with your candidate if you had Loeffler or you had uh, you know uh, oh, Purdue as your client? What would you be doing? With, would you you got a nice head of hair? I got to believe you'd be getting awful thin right now. Well, I mean, I I, I think this is just a. Uh, you know, I'm always careful when I say unprecedented, but I mean, you're essentially fighting two wars right now on two fronts, right? One, you're saying we need to have Republican turnout uh, to get the vote out to beat these Democrats. Uh, and then all the while, there's this faction saying, you know, the president was robbed in Georgia. Uh, don't go uh, vote. You can't trust the ballot box in Georgia. So it's like, it's almost like you're, you know, 
you're pouring water into a jar with a hole at the bottom of it, right? And so you're just having to pour more water into that jar, trying to get as many uh, Republicans out as possible, all the while, um, you know, you've got Republicans, uh, you know, staying home or at least urging others to stay home and not vote. I mean, you know, so quite frankly, uh, I don't know exactly what I would tell my candidate at this point other than just, you know, stay the course. Uh, you know, we have a get out the vote strategy. Let's continue to do that. Um, and just hope uh, that we can turn out more R's than the D's can turn out D's. And uh, that this whole idea of a broken, uh, you know, uh, ballot box uh, is not something that the vast majority of Republicans believe. Yeah, it's, this is, I mean, seriously, as I watch this, it's really uh, uh, crazy. So, Seth, what would you be doing? I mean, as a as a, a spokesperson for the Republican Party in Georgia, hypothetically right now, what what would you be saying in the media and, and, and to uh, Republican voters? Well, Dave, I agree with your characterization there that what Lynn Wood said, if this was your characterization, was just, I mean, bordering on crazy. The idea that that you should stay at home to, to prove some kind of a point. I believe, as your good friend and former colleague Mike Pence said, I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican in that order. Right. And if you are a value-driven person, I don't see how, as a conservative, you think Chuck Schumer leading the Senate to prove some kind of a point is better for conservative values than Mitch McConnell. I just don't see how you can reach that conclusion. I think people's votes do matter. We've seen that all over the country. In 2018, I'm shooting from the hip here, I believe there were five Republican primaries decided with under 100 votes. Uh Uh-huh. Year this year in 2020, we know very well of two races, Carlton Wing and Jim Sorvillo, that were decided by under 30 votes. Right. And I mean, you have a congresswoman in Iowa, a congresswoman. We're talking about a congressional district decided by six votes. So we 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 see examples year after year after year of incredibly thin margins all across the country and even here in Arkansas, be it in primaries or or in some suburban uh, state representative districts. So your vote matters. And as RNC chair Ronna McDaniel said when somebody said, oh, well, it's all rigged anyways, what does it matter? Yeah, if you decide to stay home, then you've certainly rigged it. (laughs) You've certainly determined the outcome when you decide you're not going to participate. And so I would tell people your vote does matter. Uh, and you need to get out there and vote. And if you don't get out there and vote, then then you just give up. And the Democrats aren't giving up. You know, if you're paying attention to Stacey Abrams and Chuck Schumer, uh, they're ready. They are not giving up. So we've got to decide as conservatives foremost, hey, are we going to give up in this fight? And I think to, to tell people to give up to prove some kind of a point, I think it's counterintuitive and, and just crazy, to be honest with you. Well, let, let me read what uh, this guy had to say. All right. Wood said yesterday during a rally where is kelly loffler here where is david purdue he ought to be standing right here those two people want your vote then they ought to tell you what we're telling brian kemp get a special session of the legislature now do not be fooled twice this is georgia we ain't dumb we're not going to go vote on January 5th on another machine made in China. 
We're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote, if David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. They've got to demand publicly, repeatedly, consistently, Brian Kemp, call a special session of the Georgia legislature, and if they do not do it, if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue do not do it, they have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? For God's sakes, fix it. You got to fix it before we'll do it again. Now, that's that's what he was saying. And by the way, Breitbart reported late last night that Wood hadn't voted in a, a Republican primary yeah. in 16 years. Yeah, yeah. what an <laughs> idiot. I mean, like when I hear those words, is the, the I mean, it really is the, the most remarkably uh, stupid thing that I, I have heard in a very long time. I mean, first of all, you have arguably the most important, uh, you know, Senate races runoffs in our modern history. I mean, we're talking about this is for the control of the United States Senate. Uh, and really important, obviously, with, with Joe Biden uh, heading to the White House. So this is just incredibly important. Runoffs are difficult to get the vote out anyway. You know, you've had all of this energy going into an election day in November. You know, you're right after the holidays. So get out the vote for uh, a runoff is, is difficult in and of itself. And then you have this faction over here basically saying exactly, Seth, what you said earlier. Why in the world? Like, why, why do you think that, uh, you know, uh, an Ossoff or, or Warnock are better senators for to represent Georgia in the United States Senate and to give someone like Chuck Schumer the power? It makes no sense to me. And that's why I think this whole entire situation, Georgia, is just uh, not only frustrating, but just so just so strange. Well, the other thing that I found out really strange is that th- this guy uh, is, a, is a Democrat. Lynn, he's a Democrat. He, he gave Ooh. money to the Obama campaign. He gave money to the Abrams yeah. campaign. He has, he's voted Democrat many, many times. He's not voted in any Republican primaries. Why would you give two cents on this guy's uh, time? Exactly. Go back and look at Loeffler and look at uh, Purdue's voting record in the Senate. Has it been good? Mm-hmm. Then if it is, give them six more years. Yep. Hey, and Dave, you know that if you would search Lynn Wood on Twitter, you would find the more people circulating this video are on the left side of the aisle, right? Democrats right. were enamored with what they heard him say well, yesterday. Sure. And they have been very glad to reshare that everywhere and pass it along and say, oh, Republican, if you're a Republican in Georgia, the election's rigged. Listen to Lynn Wood. Stay home. <laughs> you know? Well, here's, I mean, it's just crazy. What's he going to do when we come up to uh, 2022? Is he going to get out and say, don't go to the polls this year. Well, that's just, then you got a self-fulfilling prophecy that's going to happen. Right. I mean, this is nuts. This is craziness. This is, this is insanity. There's no doubt that these two people are better than the other people that are, are running for those, those offices. I mean, uh, look, uh, I'm trying to think which one is the, uh, the black, uh, gentleman who, you know, he's all, he, he, he Warnock. Yeah. He's out 
defending Jeremiah Wright, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, they're so far left of center. You know, I mean, somebody like Reverend Warnock would stand out if he was running in a California primary. I mean, folks, this is Georgia, you know, and the idea that, that he is a better representation for Georgian values than David Perdue or Kelly Loeffler, I mean, you just can't, like you said, Dave, you just can't look at their voting record and reach that conclusion. I mean, he, he is he is far out there on the fringes of American politics. All right, so let, let's look at Breitbart, okay? Here's the headline. Records show Lynn Wood has for decades voted for, donated to Democrats, including Barack Obama and David Perdue's 2014 opponent. Georgia-based attorney Lynn Wood is getting lots of attention for urging supporters of President Donald Trump to break with the president and not vote for GOP Senators Perdue and Loeffler in the upcoming January 5th runoff elections. Now, I will stop there and just say, well, let's add the rest of the context here, unless they start calling for, uh, you know, Kemp, the governor of uh, Georgia, to uh, have uh, a special session. Wood's public comments run counter to President Trump's own public statements. Trump's going to be in Georgia this weekend having a huge uh, rally to get out the vote for these two people and uh, has repeatedly urged his supporters to support Lawfleur and Purdue. Uh, he'll be in Vadasta, Georgia on Saturday to rally with the GOP senators. Wood's comments are also in line with what top national Democrats are pushing for. As the Breitbart News has reported, a national anti-Trump Democrat super PAC called Really American PAC is running billboards carrying a message nearly identical to what Wood is saying. While Wood may hit his comments purportedly as a self-described supporter of Trump while donning a red Make America Great Again ball cap, the real story here is that Wood is by no means a Republican, and there is no record in Georgia of him ever voting for President Trump in 2016 or 2020. I rest my case, because if people want to say, mm-hmm. well, that's just stuff that the uh, the liberal media is pumping up, let me tell you, Breitbart is not liberal media. We'll be back and talk more about this. we got JR here. we got Seth here. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I've always said that you can tell how a person's uh, political philosophy is by the way they vote. And when you look at this uh, Lynn Wood guy, there's no doubt he's a Democrat. He's got to be a Democrat. He's backed Democrats for years uh, until Trump. Now, he voted for Trump in the general election. He didn't vote for him in the primary. All right. He didn't even take part in the primary. Uh, He's been urging Trump supporters to throw the election to Democrats, literally. Georgia records show that Wood has voted in every general election dating back to 2000. Now, this is according to Breitbart. uh, Breitbart. In person in 2000, uh, 02, 04, 06, 08, 10, 12, 14, and then via absentee or mail ballot in 16, 18, and 20. State records also show that Wood has not voted in a Republican primary since 2004, but did request Democrat ballots in the 06, 08, 10, and 18 primary elections in Georgia. That means that even when Trump was president, 
in the 18 midterm elections, Wood requested a Democratic primary ballot in Georgia, voted for Democrats in the primary in the state, while Trump was out universally backing the Republicans there. Wood also did not request primary ballots of either party, the records show, in uh, 16 or 20 when Trump was on the ballot in the GOP uh, primary. I I rest my case here. I wouldn't listen to this guy uh, for a moment. No, I agree with you, Dave. And, and, you know, we see from time to time we'll have some folks call here the Republican Party headquarters, and they may, may be upset with something that a party official said or, or or that some senator said on a national show. And, and you know, and they want to know why you, we don't crack down or punish people for, for their free expression if it happens to be something they think goes against the party. And many of these folks, you know, their name shows up on caller ID, and we have the data tools. So just out of interest sometimes, I may go to looking up some of these people, and I find that a lot of people have a voting history background even, you know, as recently as 2018 or maybe even the 2020 primary that is different from what they're saying over the phone. And just like you said, you can always, uh, you you know, the the right to your ballot is secret and who you voted for is secret. But when you ask for a primary ballot, uh, that information is recorded, at least which primary you voted. So that's how we know that Lynn Wood in in 16 years, in a decade and a half, uh, hasn't voted in a Republican primary uh, and so it's always interesting to me, the folks that get really outraged and want uh, the Republican Party, uh, you know, big brand to, to do something, but yet aren't, in fact, active Republicans in their own personal life. I always find that very interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, interesting to see what Ann Coulter said. Ann's been kind of quiet here lately. She came out with a column saying that. Some of the good one of the good things that came out of this last election is that people are now finally saying we want straight elections and they want to make sure that the elective system gets cleared up. Uh, She says in mail in ballots to end early voting three ensure that the Democrats don't steal the two runoff elections in Georgia on January the 5th. Donald Trump spent four years trying to outpander the Democrats, the end result of which was that he slightly increased his minority vote, which he still lost, while sacrificing a chunk, chunk of the numerically larger white male vote. Who could have guessed it except anyone watching Trump's presidency? In fact, the only demographic uh, that gave a smaller percentage of its vote to Trump this year compared to 2016 was the one he's been ignoring for four years while issuing daily, uh, you know, work uh, to blacks, Hispanics, women, and gays. Whatever happened to Trump's wacky 2016 ploy of appealing to that small niche group known as Americans? And it goes on just talking about, hey, look, you can't just walk away from the polls. You've got to go to the polls and you've got to make sure that the Senate stays in the hands of uh, of Republicans. I didn't like some of the things that the president did, but I'll tell you what. The majority of the things he did, I liked. And uh, it was good for the economy. It was good for the American worker. And I'm, I'm happy uh, that he did those things. I'm proud of uh, Operation Warp Speed. I'm, I'm really proud of this president for some of the things that he did. Did I disagree with him at times? Who haven't I disagreed with at times? 
I disagree with other people all the time. How about you guys? Do you do you disagree with some other Republicans? Oh, so from time all the time, time. I'm, <laughs> I'm reminded of a quote, Dave, from former President George H.W. Bush, who said in office, I have opinions, strong opinions. I just don't always agree with them. I disagree with myself on some issues, I you got know, you. Okay. from time to time. I need you to hold your thought. I got to get the news. We're going to come back, talk some more about this. Plus, I want you to hear what Senator Kennedy of Louisiana had to say. All right. So back with you, we've been talking about Georgia. We've been talking about, you know, I'm not so much about Sidney Powell, but about uh, uh, Lynn Wood, who has proven through his voting record, through his giving record to candidates, that he has supported Democrats uh, all the way around, hasn't voted in the Republican primary uh, for over 16 years. So, uh, But he's voted in Democrat primaries, and he supported uh, none when she was running against uh, Purdue before and uh, has also been uh, you know, supporting other Democrats as well. Uh, let's move away from that. The story was brought to my attention that I wasn't aware of just a moment ago uh, from Seth. And, Seth, this has to do with former uh, campaigner for the uh, Trump campaign, Pascal. And uh, he seems to say in an interview with Martha McCallum that he thinks that the reason that the president lost is that he was not empathetic enough during uh, the COVID virus. Uh, uh, is, Is that your take on that interview? Yeah, I watched that yesterday morning. I guess it had occurred Monday night. I would encourage people to do it. It's interesting. You know, Brad notoriously does not like to do media interviews. And in fact, I'm thinking back to my time at the RNC. I think the story with Martha McCallum is about the only show that Brad ever sat down with. I think he might have done one thing with Face of the Nation at one time, but really Martha's the only person he's given an on-camera interview to. And it's 20 minutes, and I, I think it's very interesting. And, of course, Brad had a very public fall from grace and, an, and a personal incident in Florida, which he gives some background on. And, and I, I just found it insightful. He sort of gave a two-pronged answer. One, he thought the, the strategy overall should have been more empathetic on covid um, I, I just note, of course, Brad was was with the campaign until the summer. So there were many months uh, on the stretch that Brad was the campaign manager during early COVID here in, in 2020. Right. His second point, just real quickly, he, he had thought that that his he had a fantastic relationship with the RNC and a lot of communication. And his takeaway from from folks that remained on the campaign was that in the closing months that Brad wasn't there, that relationship may not have uh, has been as open and back and forth as it was when Brad uh, was the head there. So th- those were my takeaways from it. In the interview, did he talk about uh, any of this uh, irregularities in in the voting booth in six different states? He did, and, and that was part of what he mentioned some of those operations in the final few weeks that he had prepared, uh, he did not think that Bill Stepien and the folks that remained at the campaign were seeing through. He said that he had a, a pretty extensive plan to have lawsuits pre-filed in states, and it's his understanding um, that, that none of that took place. And really, the legal battle from the campaign's end didn't didn't start till election night in the morning thereafter. And Parscale maintains that he had a plan 
at the beginning of the year that they should have lawyers on the ground, which they did. They did have lawyers on the ground, but that they should have pre-filed lawsuits in these states because you know there are going to be issues every year. So you need to get some of this paperwork. You need to get that process started. All right, Jr. that's something that has been out now for several weeks is that there are a lot of people that believe that a mistake, a misstep by uh, the president's reelection team was exactly that, not attacking this on the front end, waiting until the back end to really attack it. What do you think? I think that's probably correct. Um, you know, look, I, at the end of the day, you know, we had 71 plus million people vote for Donald Trump. Um, and the turnout was, you know, was remarkable. Uh, and so, you know, I think they did a lot of things right. I do think that the, the empathy portion uh, probably should have been played up a little bit more. Um, you know, and, and look, I think a lot of people's, when you look at the very few presidents have an opportunity, outgoing presidents have an opportunity to sort of bolster their legacy with a critical uh, election, runoff election in, in the same month they're leaving office. And so regardless of what, you know, the, where the campaign faltered throughout 2020 into November, the president and even those that support the president have a really good opportunity here to help position Republicans in Washington for the next two years uh, by maintaining control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, so those Georgia races are critical right now. And I think the, you know, the president, uh, you know, I think can, can sort of, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is the, the president can you know, go back and, and carry his message into Georgia, tweak some things if he wants to. But this has an opportunity to really set him up if he decides to run four years from now um, or just bolster his legacy as he leaves office. Uh, so you actually have a chance to go back and, you know, tweak these these mistakes or things maybe you should have done back in the fall, um, even now, as, as you head into some critical runoffs in Georgia. All right. So for both of you, let me we'll start with you, Seth. The president has, you know, given some uh, answers and in interviews, has made some statements on his Twitter account, like I'll see you in 2024, things of that nature. Do you think the president will run again in 2024? And do you believe that he can win? You know, I think. Winning the presidency is like catching, you know, lightning in a bottle while patting your head and rubbing your belly. I mean, it's it's a very hard thing to do once, and that you know, in our in our nation's history, only one other time has a former president come back and and won the presidency again. I think it's a very hard thing to do. You would have to keep a high profile, which no doubt President Trump would certainly, you know, stay in the headlines to do that. I think it when you see folks that, that say the president could run and they hope he does in four years, I wonder if that doesn't say more about today than it does four years from now, that they want people to back the president now, because if you're a, you know, if you're a presidential hopeful for four years from now, your tweets are being watched and your statements are being watched closer than other people's. You know, what is Nikki Haley saying or Mike Pompeo or Mike Pence? Because, you know, they, they're rumored to, to want to run. And so I think it that those may be a, a bit to imply pressure now on some folks to rally around the flag. Uh, we'll just have to see. I, I would probably lean to he would not. 
But if he does run, hey, listen, once again, it's going to be a crowded primary, and he will no doubt have a significant, if not a majority, percentage of that primary, just like he did in 2016. So he would have a shot if he would run, but I'm perhaps more skeptical than others that he would. All right. So, Jr., your thoughts. Does the president run again in 24? If he does, what are his chances? Well, I think along the same lines as Seth. I also think that there's going to be hurdles uh, we're already hearing uh, some media outlets you know, talk about the, the ideas floating around and advice from some of the president's advisors to pardon members of his family, perhaps even pardon himself before he leaves office, um, you know, to protect him from those who will come after the president once he's, uh, you know, uh, out from behind the protection of the White House. And so I say that to say the president is going to have a lot of obstacles in his path to run again in 2024. I don't, I, I, in some ways, I don't even think he, he really realizes the sort of obstacles that will be in his path and those enemies that maybe he didn't have on the, on the trail in 2016 that he has now um, that will do everything they can to either go after his family, go after him. And by the way, just a reminder to listeners out there, uh, a, a federal pardon is just that. It is a pardon for all federal cl- crimes. The state of New York can still go after uh, Trump's family members and Trump himself on tax issues or whatever they deem uh, appropriate to go after. So I agree with Seth in that I think it's, it is like catching lightning in a bottle to win the presidency, to do it twice in two different uh, you know, and, and, you know, and in every other election type scenario would be very difficult to do. But I also think that the, uh, Trump is going to face a lot of issues when he leaves. Um, and that may prevent him from trying to run again in 2024. I think he intends to do so, though. All right. We will come back. we got to get our final break in. When we come back, uh, I'd like to talk about the whole mail-in ballot uh, thing that happened this year. Hopefully, by four years from now and even two years from now, uh, COVID-19 will just be a bad, bad memory in our rearview mirror. If it is, that's what's been used to push all this mail-in balloting. Uh, Is that going to go away or significantly be reduced uh, in states if COVID-19 is not playing a big part in our life. That's what we'll talk about when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a quarter to seven. J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group. Seth uh, Mays is from the uh, Arkansas GOP. They'll continue and finish up their interview with me in just a moment. Do you want to retire in the, uh, the next five years? If you overlook or underestimate one little thing, it could totally derail your retirement. Learn how you could avoid this in a free guide, the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist from David Lucas Financial in Little Rock. It's a comprehensive 31-point checklist. Could be the single most important tool that could help ensure you're uh, covered uh, with all of your bases and uh, don't make any mistakes. So get your free Retirement Planning Checklist. Be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-222-2315. The free checklist is a result of decades of financial planning experience from working with thousands of families. So again, to get your free 
Secured Retirement Planning Checklist. Call 501-222-3315 or go to davidlucasfinancial.com. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, final segment of this 6 o'clock hour with Seth Mays from the Arkansas GOP and with uh, J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group. Guys, one of the major tenants of uh, people wanting mail-in ballots was COVID-19. Don't want to go to the polls. You want to stay home and fill out a ballot and send it in, and uh, we know how that all worked out. With that in mind, uh, we've got uh, multiple vaccines coming on to the scene here in the next couple of months. Should break uh, the back of COVID-19. If that happens, will we see uh, the main argument for the people who want uh, mail-in ballots uh, you know, stopped and see things go back uh, to more traditional voting methods. I'll start with you, Jr. In this one, yeah, I, I'm. I'm a, I mean, I think that the mail-in ballots. Uh, I think there needs to be a lot of. Um, look, this is where I feel about the mail-in ballots. After all this is said and done, once the Georgia uh, runoffs are over, we need to take a a sort of a, a real cold hard look at what happened this last election. That's not a that's not saying there was fraud or widespread fraud or anything like that. But we've got to be able to look into this and say, okay, what happened? How did we you know, what worked, what didn't work uh with the mail in ballots and and how can we improve this from a logistical manner and and, and integrity uh of these ballots. I think there's a real uh, sense of distrust right now, and not just among Republicans, but even some Democrats. I think there's just not, not really sure what to make of the millions upon millions of mail-in ballots that we saw uh, in this election. And there's all you know these these different stories and that sort of thing. So I think we have to look at it. I say that because I don't believe it's going away. I think this is a sort of a new frontier for the American electorate. They they see that it's easy to do. Um, you don't have to go and stand in line if you don't want to. I just think that this is a new frontier that will probably be around for uh, the foreseeable future, and we must be able to protect that method of voting uh, for future elections. All right. What do you say, uh, Seth? Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think for uh, a lot of people, they this was a one-off, and they will in the future be happy to go back and vote at the polls in person. But undoubtedly, some people, this was their first time to vote by mail, and, and they hey, they probably like the process of not having to get out and, and go someplace in person and see people. Introverts would, would especially like that. I think the paperwork is so much of a hassle. Just go down and do it in person uh, anyways and get it over. What I hope we see is in a bunch of these states like Nevada and Pennsylvania, I hope we see reform as to how they count. You know, the state of Florida was a national embarrassment in 2000. And somebody tweeted out, you know, how does how does Florida report their vote in so so quickly now? And Jeb Bush, who was, of course, governor in 2000 in Florida, tweeted back because we got our act together. <laughs> right. It only took them once to be to be the ire of the nation when it comes to election results to decide that they had to do some serious reforms. And now Florida, you know, is, is really the first swing state uh, to pretty much 
fully report and be called. I mean, it, Florida was called fairly quickly uh, this year and four years ago in 2016 and again in, in 2012. They, they've got their act together and their vote together. And so I think states like Nevada, you know, a state like Nevada, which really has two cities, Reno and Vegas, needs to ask itself why it took a whole week to count the votes and they need to look at serious reform so that they don't duplicate this in the future because some people will continue to use uh, mail voting and and hey 2024 will be the second time that they voted by mail you, the, you know this time being the first so i hope some of those states uh, paid attention and feel properly chastised as having been way too late on on counting their votes and they take the necessary reforms to ensure that we have fair votes and that we can count those votes quicker and more accurately and and give people confidence in their elections all right so guys i've i've tried to nail down some of our uh national figures uh here in the state about should the federal government get more involved with some things on state levels dealing with voting and uh it's been kind of like nailing down jello it's not been easy to get any kind of uh feeling for how they feel about this but i gotta believe after what we've seen this year uh that uh, there are some things that the federal government may have to look at and say, hey, dudes, you can't do it that way. And and perhaps that will happen over the next couple of years because this whole thing about changing, uh, you know, mail-in ballots and stuff is going to be fought in the courts. And we're going to see a lot of that go on over the next probably 700 days. Start with you, JR. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Go ahead, JR. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree, Dave. I do think it's a slippery slope, um, you know, when you start talking about where the federal government gets involved in sort of the I agree uh, the state's rights aspects of it. But, but no, I mean, look, this is, like I said, in, you know, when you asked this question just a few minutes ago, that this is a new frontier for the American electorate. People before this election probably didn't even know that you know, voting by mail was was an option. Now, yes, some states had to allow it because of COVID. But if you look at Arkansas, uh, we you could you could vote by mail. Uh, I mean, it was not this, not a hard thing to do. But I think people didn't realize that choice was there. And so, you know, I, I just think that whatever happens moving forward as we approach, you know, the midterms in 2022. We have to be able to look at this uh, as a whole, blue states, red states, in Washington, to say, how do we make this, how do we protect this method to the you know the greatest of our abilities? Because, look, we tried to stand up this, this incredible system of mail-in ballots just a few months before the 2020 election. And so, absolutely, there were logistical issues. There were logistical nightmares. Uh, we saw that in some of the, you know, the the uh, the days after the election, as these commissioners were counting all of these votes individually. So there are logistical nightmares in this process that absolutely makes voters uh, distrust the process. They have to address that and put in a more uh, uh, a more trustworthy infrastructure for this moving forward. Because I just don't believe it's going anywhere. All right. Finally, from you, uh, Seth. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Jr. You always got to be a little wary when you want to give the federal government uh, more of a say on state issues because, hey, I'm sure that Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden have a different idea of what federal election reform looks like than Dave Ellswick, Seth Mays, and J.R. Davis, you know? <laughs> and I, I just don't, don't know that, that we're going to see eye to eye on that. And so I hope it's the job of many state legislatures, which are Republican in many of these key states, uh, really take a hard look at, at how they do business, how they verify uh, and, and now we've got, as JR's pointed out, the problem is logistics. How do you plan for this in the year of an election? Well, we've all got one under our belt now. So let's take a step back, look at what we did right, look at what we did wrong, and now know that know what resources we need for an influx of mail-in voting, because some people are going to continue to do that. I mean, you've got some states like Colorado that I think are entirely all mail-in at, at this time. And so um, we're no doubt going to see some reforms in the future, and I would rather those be done by Republican state legislatures than, you know, Speaker Pelosi, should she retain the gavel. She's only going to have a nine-seat majority. Um, I still don't want her deciding election law. All right, guys, we're out of time. Thank you much. Keep your uh, time you. available to you for, for us next Thursday here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. you got important issues to keep a, a look at. We appreciate you being on the show. I'll be back right after the news. That's coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. To the uh, seven o'clock hour, we've got things to talk about here today on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. About that, by the way, I uh, was remiss. I did not tell you what Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana had to say about about Georgia, and and here's what he said on the Hannity Show uh, last night. He emphasized uh, his uh, message about going out to vote, uh, which is something that he said many times during Hannity's show. By making a pun out of the allegation that multiple dead people voted in the 2020 election. Quote, so my message to the good people of Georgia, I'm not trying to mess in your business. I know you're sick of politics, but please take the time and make the effort to go vote. He said, look at it this way. If dead people can do it, so can you. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, that's that's the kind of stuff we used to say up there where I grew up at outside of Chicago. You know, you had to go vote because dead people were making it to the polls from their tombs. So you need to get up and, and do that as well. Interesting story uh, about what Senator uh, Schumer had to say about. If a presumptive uh, president-elect Biden 
gets does get into uh, the office does take the oath on january 20th and uh, here here's the story that i've got for you uh, former vice president joe biden will allow boys who think they are girls to use the bathrooms and locker rooms of their choice uh, says senate minority leader chuck schumer now schumer said this i am not making this up uh, he said it. Schumer told reporters that he also backed Biden's plan to let children play on sports teams in accordance with their their gender identity or, you know, whatever they thought they would, which will destroy girls sports. I'm going to just tell you right now, it will destroy girls sports, uh, real girls sports. In, in other words, there's a very real possibility that biological girls may be excluded from female athletic teams to make way for a boy who identifies as a girl. And uh, going further into the story, ABC News reports that Biden will uh, propose sweeping protections of the LGBT community. Some of Biden's other promises appoint an array of LGBTQ people to federal government positions There's wide expectations that Biden will nominate an LGBTQ person to a cabinet post with the former presidential contender uh, Pete Buttigieg among the possibilities. Uh, Reverse Trump administration policies uh, carving out religious exemptions, allowing discrimination. And this is no, this is not me saying this. This is Schumer. All right allowing discrimination against LGBTQ people by social service agencies, health care providers, adoption and foster care agencies, and other entities. Uh, you know that that uh, has, has happened uh, in the past, uh, that uh, it took a, a presidential executive order to make sure that religious liberty was protected in our nation. Uh, Reinstate Obama administration guidance directing public schools to allow transgender students to access bathrooms, locker rooms, and sports teams in accordance with what they think they are. Are they a boy or a girl? Like, for instance, story that... Many of you may have seen, if you follow, uh, you know, movies and things of that nature, Ellen Page came out transgender yesterday, okay? Uh, she she is really a he who thinks he's a she. So, uh, I forget, to, I saw her post or, or her Twitter account, and I, first, I think I'm a, I'm a he and slash her pronoun or something like that uh, was in there. Uh, Allocate federal resources to help curtail violence against transgender people, particularly transgender women of color. You know, the the way you you do that is simple. If somebody kills a, jan- a transgender person or somebody let's say attacks them beats them up or whatever use every force of the law that you have 
uh, to uh, bring uh, justice for that person. They're a person, all right? It don't matter if they're transgender. I I just, I don't understand that, uh, that you make some kind of supposedly caveat uh, that you're going to, you know, you know, let's say it's a death penalty. The person gets a death penalty. Uh, they're going to sit on death row just like anybody else. So why do you have to have, well, now, if you do it and it's a transgender person, we're going to use hate crime legislation uh, to make we're going to kill you twice. I, I mean, I don't I, I just don't I don't get it. All right. Just use you got everything you need on the books right now. You don't need to break it down uh, by by gender, uh, you know, and, and whatnot. I mean, if, if we're going to do that, does it mean that we need to break down by, you know, go and women that are abused by their husbands and beaten by their husbands and they kill their husbands or whatever, uh, that for some reason now we're going to make their punishment even more draconian? Well, look, if you if you need a, a, a punishment to stop somebody from doing something to another person, then put it in place for everybody. You know, do, do it that way. Uh, bolster uh, federal efforts to collect comprehensive data about LGBTQ people in the U.S. by adding questions about sexual orientation and gender identity to national surveys. Ensure that LGBTQ rights are a priority for U.S. foreign policy and be prepared to use pressure tactics, including sanctions against foreign governments violating those rights so that's the things that uh, the president has talked to schumer about if schumer uh would get uh, you know the, the whole thing of being a majority leader uh in in the in the senate uh, we've got a call melba in little rock is with us here on the dave ellswick show hello melba how are you hey i'm great i'm great and i hope all y'all are Listen, uh, all everything you were just stating, I, I've I've heard it. I heard it yesterday, and it's so oppressive. It never. It, there's nothing to lift to to lift up in that. But I want to zero in on this uh, religious freedom. The First Amendment in the Bill of Rights is that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment or prohibiting. Now, how could Joe Biden? or anybody else come in and infringe on that. I mean, you could just go all the way down. I mean, if what good is a Bill of Rights if you've got somebody that can just say it? I don't care if it's executive order. It doesn't overrule these Bill of Rights. Um, explain, explain that to me. How, how does that even happen? Well, it happens because we've, it, it we, we've got enough Allowed people. it to happen? Yes. That That's it's the bottom line. We've, we've allowed... We've allowed it to happen. You know, they've 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 eroded the the rights of of the of the churches. And thank you for your call. I appreciate it, Melba. But I'll go on and explain a little further. Uh, they've eroded to and attacked the the church. The church hasn't fought back for the most part. Some have, most have not, because they feel like I guess they don't want to get their hands dirty uh, in politics. And my dad said it to me, and, and somebody famous said it as well, and that is, 
you know, uh, you may not want to be involved in politics, but politics will be involved with you. Whether you like it or not, we live in a country where politics will get involved with you. And we've got to make sure that people uphold the Bill of Rights, not only just the First Amendment. I mean, look, the whole thing about about church, all right, about religion, uh, that, uh, you know, the government can't, uh, you know, tell you what religion you got to have, nor can they, uh, you know, uh, prohibit you from uh, worshiping the way they want you want. But in the First Amendment, there's also freedom of speech. There's also right to petition your government. All of those things are under attack by the left. You don't believe me about, like, for instance, about freedom of speech? Take a look at some of the college campuses around America of where you cannot say certain words. If you do, they're gonna, they're, they'll give you the boot. If you share certain opinions, they'll give you the boot. And then uh, last but not least, I mean, I don't think that I have to go into any depth to say the Second Amendment. But because the American people have not fought back against these things, we have a serious problem in our nation now. And those, those rights have been eroded over the years. And as many people have said in the past that are saying in the present, and we'll say it in the future, I'm sure, that if you give up your rights, getting them back is twice as hard as protecting about losing them. So do not, do not give in to the people who are wanting to take away uh, your rights. It's 18 minutes after 7. Got to get our first break in. Wow, it's going fast again today. Clock is like running really fast uh, today. Six o'clock tonight. Don't forget, Eric Coleman is on with me from uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. We'll be talking to him. Uh, And I got to get this next guy on uh, here in the near future. Uh, And that is uh, the folks from uh, PI Roofing, uh, Joel Johnson. I'd like to get him on and would like to get his wife on with him, Veronica, to talk about PI Roofing here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Because they do such a fantastic job. I told you yesterday, um, Elizabeth has had her her roof replaced uh, now by PI Roofing. And she was just astounded uh, by how professional they were, how good they were, cleaning up after themselves, making sure that they kept her in, uh, you know, in the know about what was going on, following COVID-19 type rules. So, you know, her and her husband have, don't have to worry about it. And, of course, uh, her husband has had some health problems like I have had. And, uh, you know, she's playing kind of mama bear with for him. Uh, my, my wife plays mama bear to me. We had a long discussion about that last night. And it, it's just something that, uh, you know, women tend to do. And... P.I. Roofing wants to make it as easy on them as they possibly can and on the guys as well. So they protect your workers, they protect you, and they protect your roof. When you need somebody to take care of your roof, you notice a leak, and don't ignore a leak. If you see it, make sure it's addressed. Get a hold of P.I. Roofing, 707-3551. 
If a leak has started, a lot of damage has already been done if you're seeing it now. 707-3551. And then last but not least, you can go online and talk to them at piroofing.com. Just understand that uh, going to the polls and voting is important. Uh, Getting in touch with your local elected officials is important. Uh, Sending, uh, you know, emails, texts to your uh, national officials is important. You must make sure they understand that you're watching. But also understand that there are parts of the country that are totally, totally different than the part of the country that you live in right now. Just it's, it's just the way it is. I mean, I don't think anyone uh, would suggest that if you were uh, not living here, that if you moved to the East Coast, uh, you would find people with the same type of, of cultural thoughts uh, that you have. And, and even with the original 13 colonies, uh, that were from the eastern part of the United States, and you look at some of the different things that they have uh, in in their for their mottos and things of that nature for their states. They're nowhere close to that. Live free or die, New Hampshire. They don't buy that anymore. They they just don't. Um, and I was talking to David Lucas the other day and we were talking about this particular thing and how america has changed in a very short period of time look a couple hundred years not a long period of time and in the flow of history i mean the roman empire stayed around for what 800 years here we have one of the had the free one of the freest uh, forms of government ever and uh, we're not even to the 300 year mark and there there's huge fissures forming uh in in our government and i don't know how how much longer the united states as the united states was formed uh is going to last uh, because uh, freedom is tough to keep there's a lot of people who want to take your freedom away so the, that's the, that's the way that uh, this works and and you got to be willing to to fight about it i mean in virginia uh i believe it's on the state flag that they've got uh, like a snake on it and it's got a crown falling off which is indicative of tyranny and then it has a boot on its neck which is the people and it's up to the people to keep tyranny from ruling and in fact if you read up you know our founding fathers a lot of them said hey look uh it might come a time that your government gets totally out of control and be becoming this paternalistic i'll tell you how you got to live your life type of entity and you know start taxing you crazily and and taking your money away from you to use on things that uh, you know it's not uh, ascribed to not only in the federal constitution but in the uh, state constitutions I'm sure we could sit and do a uh, line-by-line look at our own way we're spending money in our our state and find that uh, 
it's illegal to do the things that are being done if it was really challenged. And there, and then there's people who would tell me, well, Dave, then you got to go to the state Supreme Court. But what if the state Supreme Court doesn't abide by it? What if they look at the uh, the Constitution and say, yeah, that's what it says, but that's not the way it is now. That's kind of how it, it happens. I mean, you look at Roberts, look at some of the things that he says now. Uh, this on a national level, he says, yeah, that's what the that's what the Constitution basically says or does say, uh, but things have changed. I find that uh, interesting uh, that that's the thought process of people who are in Washington, D.C. And the longer that they're in power and the longer that they are in Washington, D.C., the better chance that they start moving away from what the founding fathers wanted to what they need to do to get a vote. That seems to be another thing that goes on. All right, we got to get a break in because Rush is ready to come up and talk to you. So let's find out what Rush Limbaugh has for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so if you happen to be a person who's in good health, you know, you're stable, uh, and you want to, you know, get involved with this COVID-19 fight, there's a good way you can do that. And that's being a healthy volunteer for a COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study. Uh, the study has been enrolling for a few weeks. They're still uh, trying to get more people. They need like 3,000 people for this study. Uh, they're well on their way to it, so you don't want to delay. Uh, if you want to help, them research an investigational vaccine for COVID-19. Is that what you'd like to do? Then by participating in this clinical trial, you'll have access to no-cost study-related care. You will have uh, the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance is required to take part. In fact, uh, you don't have to put out any money whatsoever. If you're an adult who's in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. What you need to do is to find out if you can. So if you want to learn more, here's what you do. You call 501-954-7822. That number again, 501-954-7822. Or go online to c19vaccinestudy.com. That's c19vaccinestudy.com to see if you're eligible or call 501-954-7822. I don't typically read articles on the air, but this was such a good article, I wanted uh, to share it with you. It's from PJ Media. If you're not on their website, you know, bookmarked on it, you should. Uh, Great material that they have, and I use it, quite often on on the show uh an article written by j christian adams uh from yesterday and here we go eric holder was a big loser on election night he was the guy raising tens of millions of dollars to make america safe for democratic redistricting a red wave turned holder's dreams into dust in state legislative races 
look, uh, there's good possibility the Democrats are going to win the White House. Uh, I think we're going to hold the Senate. And we've closed the gap with the uh, Democrats in the House. But where we really won was over the uh, state houses. We won big there. State legislatures are where the redistricting action is, and the GOP flipped three chambers red, gaining 192 state House seats and 40 state Senate seats nationwide. Republicans now control both House and Senate chambers in 31 states. One of those 31 states is Arkansas. The country is a huge swath of red legislative control, with Democrats largely confined to the cultural monoliths on the Pacific Coast and the urban Northeast. The red wave extended to the United States House of Representatives, where for now Republicans have gained nine seats. But this wasn't supposed to happen. Man, we heard about the blue wave all the time during the election. The president isn't supposed to lose when all the Republicans are winning. Something's fishy. Indeed, something profoundly fishy happened in the 2020 election. But it wasn't the Kraken or Venezuelan communists running remote software when they can't even make the red lights work in their own country. Those shiny objects will play out with time and examination of evidence. What happened in 2020 is something more fundamental and very, very profound. What happened in 2020 is cultural and systematic and sadly generally legal until Republicans and more importantly Trump supporters understand what happened to them this year. It will happen again. Two things happened in 2020. First, COVID-19 led to a dismantling of state election integrity laws by everyone except the one body with the constitutional prerogative to change the rules of electing the president, the state legislatures. Second, the Center for Technology and Civic Life happened. Now, I want you really to listen closely to this part. If you are focused on goblins in the voting machines but don't know anything uh, about the Center for Technology and uh, Civic Life and what they did to defeat President Donald Trump, it's time for you to up your game. The Center for Technology and Civic Life and allied groups are responsible for building an urban get-out-the-vote machine of the sort that Democrats could only dream up on a a bender fueled by jugs of Merlot and all the legalized pot they could smoke. The Capital Research Center has this deep dive into what the Center for Technology and Civic Life did in just Georgia. It starts with this. This year, left-leaning donors Mark Zuckerberg and wife Priscilla gave $350 million to an allegedly nonpartisan nonprofit, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which in turn regranted the funds to thousands of governmental election officials around the country 
to help them conduct the 2020 election. Help, the word they use, not me. That's really a good one. What these grants did was build structural bias into the 2020 election where structural bias matters most. In densely populated urban cores, it converted election offices in key jurisdictions with deep reservoirs of Biden votes into Formula One turnout machines. The hundreds of millions of dollars built systems, hired employees from activist groups, bought equipment and radio advertisements. It did everything that street activists could ever dream up to turn out Biden votes if only they had unlimited funding. In 2020, they had unlimited funding because billionaires made cash payments to 501c3 charities that in turn made cash payments to government election offices. Turn those donations into manpower, new equipment, and street muscle to turn often sluggish and incompetent urban election offices into massive Biden turnout machines across the country. In Madison, Milwaukee, Detroit, Lansing, Philadelphia, and Atlanta, among dozens of others. Philadelphia's election office budget was normally $9.8 million. Philadelphia, all right? The CLTC gave Philadelphia $10 million more, which doubled the city budget. Those millions were used to hire local activists as city employees to drive around and collect ballots. The millions bought new printers and scanners to accommodate mail ballots. Philadelphia established brand new satellite election offices across the most Biden-friendly neighborhoods in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The millions bought scores of convenient drop boxes across the same neighborhoods where mail ballots could be conveniently dropped. Even though laws limited third parties from collecting and dropping off multiple ballots, people were photographed dropping off bundles of ballots at the boxes. If voters couldn't muster the initiative to travel a few blocks to the drop-off boxes or new satellite offices, the city went to them to collect the ballot. CLTC dollars flowed through Philadelphia election officials to the pricey public relations firms. They designed billboards, posters, bus advertisements, and print ads, radio ads, and street marketing all added to the blitz. In Philadelphia and the surrounding urban counties that received millions of dollars in CLTC grants, turnout exploded. The plan worked. In case you still don't follow, hundreds of millions of private charitable dollars flowed into key urban county election offices in battleground states. The same philotrophic largesse did not reach red counties. Urban counties were able to revolutionize government election offices into Joe Biden turnout machines. And folks, it was legal. Here's the best part. It's all legal. Do not allow your shocking confusion about what happened in 2020 lead you to mislabel all of this as voter fraud or quasi-legal. 
the left excels at making the unprecedented real and the seemingly illegal legal. Yet none of this should be a surprise. Last April, uh, the writer warned on these pages, quote, on one recent teleconference call, leaders of this effort even considered giving state election officials direct payments to do what the progressives want them to do. In other words, they are researching the possibility of privately funding state and local election offices in such a way that it doesn't appear to be a bribe. This could include paying for expansive vote-by-mail, providing ballot design, and manpower help to run the elections. It could include things that those of us in the real America probably couldn't even make up. The hundreds of millions poured into urban election offices by the CTLC and affiliated charities also explains how Trump dramatically increased his share of the black and Hispanic vote and still lost. Hadn't we been told that if Trump could increase his share of the black vote by only a few percentage points that he would win? Well, he did do that, but he still lost. Even if Trump increased his share of the black and Hispanic vote, the opening of the urban turnout floodgates through private donations to government election offices easily swamped Trump statewide in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan. It doesn't matter if Trump has 15% of the black vote in Detroit, if turnout there soared by 92,891 Detroit votes, which it did. It doesn't matter if Trump has even 20% of the black vote, In Atlanta, if turnout in DeKalb soared by 54,550 votes, which it did. It also explains how the GOP was so successful everywhere except at the top of the ticket. A flood of blue votes gushing out of deep blue urban areas has a statewide effect only for statewide candidates. It doesn't affect legislative races outside of the cities. But what about fraud, you might wonder? Well, sure enough, fraud was a problem. There's a long list of things being reported as fraud that are, uh, you know, uh, you've got to just wait for another day to address. But the singular fact is the rush to mail balloting created weaknesses all across the the system. Mail ballots uh, ballots went to dead people. Mail uh, ballots went to abandoned mines in Nevada. Mail ballots went to vacant lots in Pittsburgh. Mail ballots went in the garbage. Mail ballots were voted by people other than the voter. I successfully argued in court, the writer did, that Virginia election officials violated Virginia statute when they issued rules that ballots can arrive late and without a postmark. But sadly, that case was one of the few instances of success at blocking the Democrats' frenzy to throw our election integrity laws. By and large, The Democrats succeeded in tossing out state laws related to absentee ballots, verification, deadlines, and a whole range of laws all in the name of COVID. By and large, GOP efforts in court failed. It was a courtroom bloodbath that created vulnerabilities across uh, the system. There's the word we need to think more about, process. It's what the left has been doing better than us for decades. A break, and then we'll be back for the final segment of uh, the live portion of my show today, the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. 
look who came into my studio. It's been about a year since the last time yeah. that you've been here. Eric Coleman. This is Eric Coleman. I talk about him on the air. Whenever we talk about uh, wedding rings and things Jewelry, of that nature, we talk about Eric. We because, also talk of politics. <laughs> well, yeah. We, we try to do that uh, in between talking about what's really important for you at this time of year right. is people coming to see you because, look, I know people buy a lot of jewelry at this time of year. Well, they try to, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They try to go out and buy stuff. And there's these big, big name brand box stores that have got all kinds of ads running right. uh, during this time of year. You don't have the money to run you know, a huge ad campaign like that. No, so I'm a small mom and pop organization. Yeah, so you come on, you know, you advertise on my show, you come on my show, you talk on my show, you share your knowledge freely on my show, and, and <coughs> that's great things. Uh, have you had people coming by and saying they want to buy some stuff for somebody you special know, in I, their I life? You know, i tell you something that during the, you know, this has been a heck of a year because of the pandemic, right? Yes. Mike Dave? Okay, so... That's an, I under, have to say that, that's an understatement. Yeah, well, you know, it's been a, it's been a difficult year. Yeah. You know, and and this philosophy behind stay home and stay safe, you know, that sucks. I'm saying, hey, you have small businesses, millions of us out there that are trying to make it through business, small businesses. I mean, yeah. even the restaurants, I'm so, I feel so sorry for them. That's we have sure. to get out and shop and spend money with these businesses or they'll go away. They won't come back. Yeah, I now, want people come up when you're driving on 67. And uh, I'm just going to say, if you're driving north, because it's easy for me then to say, if you'll look to your right, uh, where IHOP is and just before IHOP, right. and look at all the shuttered buildings that have oh, gone out of business, I've seen that. and those are not just little local businesses. Those are large chains I know, they're going businesses. to be, yes, right, right. Signmark's a good example of that. You know, we have a lot of businesses that are going to be shutting down, more and more businesses this year, but we got to... We got to get through this pandemic, and you know, get get it back to normal. I mean, Dave, two thousand nineteen and Christmas, that was my best Christmas ever. Right, right. Oh, so so then I had a show, an IJL show in Colorado in about, I think it was the first of March. Well, I go to the show in Colorado. Thing was great, booming. I come back home, and it was pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down, Dave. It was like a you know a movie, you know, where you look outside and there's nothing going on. And now they look back and they go, well, maybe we really didn't need to fetter everything up and shutter well, everything that's, up that's the most important fact we don't need to do that we we make our own logical decisions about different things i mean i can go on and on about that uh because we're smart people well you don't care if somebody walks in to to buy uh, jewelry from you or to talk to you about jewelry and has a a surgical mask on well no i don't care at all i'll just care about that money that's coming across <laughs> <laughs> well you need it yeah i mean that's why you well, you know uh, for the people who talk to me now, they don't call me anymore because they sound like idiots when they call me. And they say, well, the reasons business ex- uh, businesses exist is to give people jobs. No, they don't. If they're not making money, they can't hire anybody to give the them a, a job. Yeah. It's that simple. You know, we take the precautions that's necessary from the store. If they feel comfortable wearing a mask or don't wear a mask, they're still welcome to my store. I give them that opportunity to make up that decision on their own. Right. Um and this this Christmas, I, I'm I'm really I don't know what to expect. I think that's where I'm at right now in my life. Right. I really don't know what kind of Christmas I'm going to have. I have no clue. 
You know, I have I have some good customers that came in. A gentleman came in with his family and decided to spend money that day with me and brought all his grandkids and everybody in. They all bought something at one time. Oh, cool. Just to support me. Nice. Now, I love these people. And not just for the money fact, but that they, that they actually came in my store to say, hey, I need to spend some money with you. You're in a small business. Because they know you're the guy that's been servicing them over the years. Yes. And, Dave, I've done a lot of different things in the store that's changed. I've also uh, am a jewelry manufacturing company now. I've got the 3D printer, the the uh, yeah. CAD software. I've been I'm talking about it, really man. stepping it up some, you know, and doing different things differently. You know, when people come in my store, they have, a, they have that picture of that engagement ring already on their phone. Okay, I'll make that for you. No, it's not a problem. I can, I can do make it. that. Or I can make something absolutely unique. So that uh, your significant other won't sit down at a at a dinner, and everybody goes, "Oh, I've seen that ring before." Yeah, right. Like that, a that, yeah, yeah, no, that won't yeah. happen. And, and more and more people are understanding that you don't want to go buy your jewelry from a franchise operation <laughs> because it's the same thing. People have the same thing, and it's also most all the money. I mean, all the jewelry is being made in China. All right, keep those thoughts. Join me at six p.m. tonight, Eric Coleman will be with me and we'll talk about that whole china thing and how they're screwing you out of your money dealing with diamonds that's coming up get started here at six o'clock in the evening now if you were listening this morning in the uh, end of my seven o'clock hour uh, eric coleman came in and it was so nice to have him in the studio he's a he's a he, he's advertised me with me for years he does great work but most importantly he's a friend of mine and uh, when i have an opportunity which is getting more rare all the time because people Want me to come here or go hither or go there. Yeah, right. I don't get a chance to come up on Kavanaugh and stop yeah. by and right. and just chew the fat with him. Uh, but you're sitting here with me now. And if you listened this morning, the last thing I mentioned, and I've mentioned it a lot on the air giving uh, information about his business, is that if you're getting diamonds this year and – I understand people say to me, diamonds are falling out of favor. I uh, It doesn't show that. It's never the case. Yeah. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. That's They are. They've said that for a long time, and they're going to be saying the it bigger, for a the long better. time. Yeah. Yeah. The bigger, <laughs> the better. That's true. But if I know, and I know a lot of you are trying to save money. You're trying to save money. Everybody's trying to save money. But in trying to save money, some of you are losing money. And losing big money. You're not getting the value for your dollar, and the, and especially in the world of diamonds. And, Eric, uh, the Chinese have flooded the market with... with Lab-grown diamonds. Yeah, I call them fake, all right? Yeah. These, these weren't born in the earth. These were born in a lab, all right? Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, uh, massive 
warehouses are being turned into like hundred thousand square foot are t- being turned into uh, diamond growers machines. They have one each, and they have hundreds of them in there, and they're dumping the diamonds on the market. With some of them with GIA certificate numbers that are already laser inscribed on the side. Yeah, we're talking about GIA. that here. So we have we have fraudulent things that are going on in the market. Right now, let me talk to you for just a minute about the natural diamond versus the synthetic diamond okay. or, or the lab grown diamond. Uh, you come in the store, uh, you're you're looking for a diamond, but you're not quite sure what you want. And of course, I always ask the gentleman, uh, "Well, do you have an idea as what she wants?" Right, right. That's very important because that's how you start your relationship off with. Well, if you're if right? you're buying it for her, you want to buy something she'll want to wear. So the the difference between the natural and the lab grown diamond is exactly they're the same, except one's man made and one is God made. Yeah, that's what I call it out of the ground. But there's such a difference in the price. Now we have some of the young people today that like to buy the lab grown diamond. They feel like it's supposed to be you know that much better or whatever but you can get a lab grown one carat diamond for two thousand dollars okay my customer all right, right. or you can spend five thousand dollars for natural mm-hmm. that's right we're at we're at between four and five thousand dollars to buy that other natural diamond but here's the difference dave one has of no little value which is the man-made diamond it will not have value if you hand that down to your children the natural diamond will always hold its value, and diamonds go up every year. They don't go down. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's true. Now, the bigger the diamond, the higher the, higher the price is because the value of that particular stone is uh, way up there. Sure. Okay? And so if you're going to give something and think in the way that <clears throat> this will be handed down in generations, <clears throat> you need to spend that money on that natural diamond because it's going to go up in value. So, and I, but if they want that other diamond, that they want the lab grown, moissanite, CZ, whatever they want, we'll, we'll sell that to them. We'll give them that option. Okay, well, so this is the way I look at it. I want it, Let's say I want that Aston Martin from 1963 to James oh, yeah. Bond. Oh, yeah, you want that? Driven, all right? <laughs> now, I can buy that, or I can buy a kit, and right. it looks like an Astro Martin, and yeah. it sits on top of a Volkswagen char- chassis. Oh, man, that's terrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you, you can do that. Yeah. And you drive around, and people initially look at it, and they say, well, that's pretty cool. He's got an Astro Martin. But not really. Not really. I've got a, I've got a fake. I, 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 it looks good on the outside. Yes. That's about it. But, what, but as you were pointing out, resale value. If I go out to, uh, I don't remember what the name of the company is that's on television that you can watch them sell the classic oh, cars yeah. on. Meekum. Yeah, Meekums, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I roll that up on their stage, and they say, this is a, um, you know, box kit. It looks right. like an estimate. Not really, but it looks like one, and you can have it. I can tell you what, they're not going to say for $160,000, they're going to say for... Twenty five hundred dollars, or yeah, right. or six thousand right. dollars. It, it doesn't go up in price. It doesn't go up in value. No, even though you might take <clears throat> perfect care of it, it's still not going because it's not a real Aston Martin. Right. Bottom line. Yeah. And, Same and thing they, with the diamond. Right. And oftentimes they want to come in and show me a diamond or something. They, I says, "Well, where did you get it off? Did you get it off the internet." And then I have to explain to them that most of the diamonds that you buy from 
BN, which is Blue Nile, or any of these other diamonds that you see are diamonds that don't sell to jewelers because they're not good enough for jewelers. Uh-huh. Okay, so we have this collection of stones that are over here that they think they can get a better deal, but they haven't looked at the cut grade. They haven't looked at how the, 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 the make of the diamond is. They don't understand that. I, they need somebody to consult with. Or I'm there for that purpose, to help people buy and make those correct decisions on what it is that they need to buy. Yeah, it's just something that people need to come to grips with. I mean, you can pull out trays at your business. I usually don't talk about this because I don't want to give robbers a a heads up. But the bottom line, you can pull out trays of diamonds that people can choose from. Yeah, well, that's that's how it is. But you don't have trays of synthetic? I I have a couple of synthetic diamonds to show people what it is. I don't, uh, the customer, when you generally come in the store, tell me what it is that they're looking for and how much their budget is, and then we work off of that. And it depends on what the cut of the diamond, whether I have it in stock or not. So what I do is I have it shipped in the next day, several diamonds, and we sit down and we go through them and I show them exactly what it is that we're doing. This has been a different year, uh, year as compared to last year. Uh, a lot of people are not, they're, they're kind of, I think they're uncertain about a lot of things. And that uncertainty really hurts the small businesses. But we need to, um, you know, I've really spent a lot of money on the inventory. We've got a lot of different things in the store. But uh, if you ever need a diamond, you really need to come see me. This is something I specialize in and teaching people. And yeah, you've been doing it because you're a registered gemologist. Yeah, I'm all that stuff, you know. <laughs> graduated. Yeah, but all that stuff is important now. I graduated in 1982. So how old does that put me? That's pretty old. <laughs> But I have the knowledge of not only just diamonds, but everything. I can make jewelry as well and do whatever needs to be done. I know. You're an artisan. I tell people you're an artisan. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, you really do. I, I mean, I know, <clears throat> you know, Joe Smart, people hear Joe and Joe's Garage, and you made his his ring. Yeah. They've heard Alan Kerr here on my show. Yeah. You made a ring for him. for him. Yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're looking for... Uh, unique things that their their others are going to love well what we have in our store is i call it an eclectic mix of different brand name jewelry along with handmade jewelry and then i have a line of jewelry from uh istanbul turkey called atash which was handmade cool yeah which was handmade in istanbul turkey i've had a lot of that inventory as well but i have unusual things that if you don't see what it is that we have i'll get it in for you Mm mm-hmm and what I'm doing, Dave, through the Christmas holidays is I'm offering 20% off prices. Immediately, if you come in my store, you get 20% off. Right. I've got some things marked down more than that. Can't argue with that. No, you can't argue with price. So what I'm trying to do, and I'm not, and I'll be giving away uh, Christmas, James Hayes Christmas ornaments. Well, again this year. Yeah, again, every year what I do is I hang them from the ceiling. The gentleman walks in. Here, how about picking you out? Here, here take, pick this, one of these. You need a stocking stuffer for your wife, don't you? Yeah. Right? We always, I always forget. I don't I always forget the stock and stuffer. But anyway, that's very important for the man, so I help them out. Right. And we give T-shirts away, too. Everything that can be done to help you guys out. Right. Eric is a And I give it. advice. If you just need to come in for advice, I had a gentleman yesterday that came in with some uh, Lucent Bacard uh, cufflinks, 14-karat gold, wanted to make some jewelry out of it. So, you know, I can do anything. There's not nothing we can't do. We also have all the high technology there as far as uh, laser welder and things like that, so there's not much we can't do. Hmm. Okay, so what when people come in? Let, let's we do this every year, all right. So I I know when you come in, 
the 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 interview we do is going to follow a certain pattern all right because things need to be repeated when somebody comes in no matter what time of year Uh they come in they're looking for uh, a wedding band or they're looking for an engagement ring or 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 whatever it is and they want to do something unique only for that person because that person is the special person in their life what do they need to come in with well, here's what's happening, Dave. All right. Our young generation, our people who are getting married, which I have it every week, they have this thing called a cell phone. <laughs> really? <laughs> and on that phone is a picture of the ring that she sent to him. Okay. And she right? says, I like this. Yeah. And he says, okay, yes, I'll see if I can get this done for you. Right? Now, we make those. Now, when they come in and they show you that, do they ever say, can you put a little twist to it? Yes, just to make we it do. unique. See, we have it right. We have our CAD set up on the floor, on the sales floor, right? Okay, explain the, what the CAD is. Again. CAD is computer aided design. We have the three design software that we can make anything from scratch. Okay. Okay. So, and then we have the three D printer. So when they come in, they'll look at that and say, "Yes, we can do this." We take a small deposit for the CAD, mm-hmm. and then here's what I'm going to do: is I'm going to make this for you. Do you have our finger size? I like. I need to know the finger size. I need to know what it is that you want to do, and then we get started on it. But yes, I do that all the time, Dave. That's what. That's where the store is leading to, is because people want things made. They don't want to buy store bought everyday merchandise. Most of the majority of the people don't anymore. Okay. I made a ring here lately that was a beautiful uh, five over five carat yellow diamond. Wow. Put diamonds around it. And, that's a big, big you know, diamond. Yeah, but I consult with people on that, and we go through the process. It's a process, you know, in order to make something for somebody. Okay, we no. sit down, we make sure they see the, the CAD file. They'll see the file before it's been printed out. Right. They'll print the ring out. Then we look at the wax. And once they prove the wax, then we cast. So, okay, so when the wax, you can hold that in your hand. And you look can hold at that it. in your hand, yes. It's printed out. It, been, it takes a few, just a few minutes to print the wax out, and then we look at it. And we have it to prove to the customer, and they can look at that and say yes or no, or whatever adjustments they want to make on that. Okay. So that's what's really cool. Right. And, you know, that they can actually touch that. All right. We've got about two minutes the rest of this segment here before we got a break. <clears throat> so when somebody brings a diamond to you or, or whatnot, they don't know whether it's synthetic or it's real. Yeah. You know? I can look at it. You can look at it under a microscope. What are the things that you look for for authenticity? Uh, inclusions inside the diamond, mostly. I look at the cut. I look at the girdle edge to see if the girdle edge has been uh, looks like it's not molded. It looks like it's supposed to look like sharp, crisp. Okay. You see what I'm saying, Dave? All right. Inclusion. And I look at the whole stone. What, is it, what does that mean? There should be some certain small inclusions. flaws? Yes, certain inclusions. But I look at different things like that, and I also look for the certain number. The number that's on the side of the diamond should say lab-grown on it. Should, should say. Yes. Some of the Chinese and there might not be leaving that, that that's like lab-grown part off. They could be doing that. Yes, they can. See, Dave, that's the whole thing is there's so many scams that are going on with that situation. Why is it that you're online shopping anyway for a, or a st- something that important? And that expensive. That's yeah, that expensive that you would, would buy, and it comes in the mail, and you have never seen the stone. Right. See, the, the what determines the overall value of that stone is the cut. Okay, the cut of the stone determines the overall beauty. It took me six months to find a little over five-carat yellow diamond 
It was a fancy, intense yellow dime, but I found the right one at a good price. You're looking, 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 looking. They had diamonds coming in. Finally, I told him, I said, I got the right one. It finally came here. Okay. Got to come by. Got one. Come in and, and check it out. That's right. Now we're ready to we're ready to really talk turkey. That's right. All right. <laughs> and All right. we did. We got more to talk about with Eric Coleman. Again, there's a difference between a synthetic diamond and a real diamond. A diamond that's made in a lab and a diamond that's made in the earth. Right. All right. As he liked to put it, and I think it was a good way of putting it, synthetic, made in the lab, or made by God. Yeah, right. As far as, and and getting some real fire out of a diamond. That's important stuff. All right, so let's talk about all of that some more. And by the way, you've been told that diamonds are falling out of favor. That's a myth. It's not happening. They're still as uh, wanted as they've always been. If Jane Mansfield and and Marilyn Monroe were still alive, they tell you that diamonds are a girl's best friend still today. And in the words of Shirley Bassey, diamonds are forever. That's right. Diamonds are forever. We'll be back. We'll talk more about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Eric Coleman is here. He's a friend of mine. He owns Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. He is an artisan. He is a fantastic jeweler. He can do anything you want to do from little things to big things and we'll talk more about all of that when we return let's continue talking with uh, eric coleman from over at hillcrest designer jewelry uh over on on cavanaugh 3000 cavanaugh uh go by and visit with him i i highly recommend now we'll give the phone number out before uh we leave but i highly recommend you go over and visit you gotta see and see what we have. Yeah. See and, what's going on. And, and, see what we're all about. Uh, you know, Dave, I got a video at the theater at the bottom of the Cantrell Hill where Matt's, one of Matt's Yeah, Riverdale. And, uh, you know, it lets people know what the story is and what we do, you know, so people feel comfortable coming in. I, I don't want to ever intimidate anybody. I don't want, I'm not that kind of a person. I don't put high pressure sales on people. Yeah. You can intimidate me. Huh? You're such a nice guy. <laughs> you don't intimidate anybody. Because no, you're always helping people. Well, that's what I do. I mean, I, I answer questions most of the time. It seems like it. People and, well, have questions all the time. I well, say, yeah, I sure can do that. Let me. I'm not a gemologist. All I know I'm, when I walk into your store is I want to buy a piece of jewelry uh, that my uh, wife is going to love. Right. All right. And I say, happy. and then I, I look at you and go, she wants a diamond. And then you're going to start, you know, getting into the questions about, well, what kind of cut does she want? And I'm going to say, cut? What do you mean yeah, right. cut? Yeah. You know, you and have then, an idea. Yeah, and then you're going to start showing me, you know, the difference between. Well, look, most women you know, know what they want. Pear cut. When it comes to jewelry. Right. Right. They know what they want. Well, it sure seems that way. Yeah. Seems that way. Uh, what do I want for my 25th anniversary? I want a diamond necklace with 25 diamonds coming around it or something, you know. Right. I've got that call out. So somebody wants. Wow, that's you know, kind of a cool idea. Yeah, just a small little dripping of diamonds. See, that's, that's somebody smarter than I am. I would never have thought about 25th wedding anniversary. What should I get? Yeah, no. a necklace well, with 25 diamonds. They have anniversary diamonds. bands. You know, now they have the anniversary band. You can put 25 diamonds around it if it's 25 years or whatever. You, know, oh, you can wow. do stuff like that. Or you can put 25 precious stones around it. Yeah, anything. Doesn't Different. It is. And we'll talk about I mean, colored I'm, stones I, and stuff in a minute. We sit down. I'm making a, I'm making a ring out of the um, constellation of some stars put together for his daughter, young daughter, uh that's white gold uh with peridots in it 
or birth stump that she wanted to have put in it. So that's okay. handmade. Right. It's printed out. It's sh- shown to the customer. It's set up. It's done. See what I'm saying? And you know that if you sit next to somebody and they got a necklace, it's not going to look like that necklace. Right. See, that's important to that's, me. It's important to my wife as well. And they often come in and they have a general idea of what it is that they want done, and then we do it for them. You know, because when you sit down and, and let's say you're at a Christmas party or you're at a dinner or whatever, and she's talking to, you know, a friend of theirs and you say, look at my new ring and you're showing your new ring off and they go, well, where did you get it? Yeah, right. And he says, uh, well, you know, I had this made. This was made for me yeah, over right. at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I didn't go to you. You dropped the name in store and uh, well, you can't get it done everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked it up, and you know what? If you want one that looks like this for your ring, your hand, right. you can get it there. I saw they got they got thirty of them in the case right now. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I'm just yeah, saying. I, I understand. You know, that doesn't make a a woman feel special. Right. It makes her feel special. Well, she took the time to get something unique. You know, for them. I always try to ask the gentleman, the young man that comes to the store. I said, "Do you know that?" She's going to have that ring on her hand, and what's the first question that comes from her girlfriends? Mm-hmm. How much? How, what size diamond is that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. You know, can you say a carrot or whatever you want to do? It doesn't matter. But most importantly, to other of her friends are asking that question right up front. They're all asking. They want to know. They want to know. Inquiring minds yeah. want to know. And where'd you get that at? And it's going to gain value as it goes. Do you think that you go buy the Hope Diamond today for what it was paid for back in the eighteen hundreds? No, I, I don't think so. Man. I the don't price think of colored so. diamonds really have gone up, Dave. No, have they? See, the colored diamonds they were are really a couple really years in ago. You were talking colored yeah. diamonds and saying really great buying. Man, the blah, 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 blah. blue diamonds, the red diamonds, all these diamonds. I mean, people are buying them up at Sotheby's and such like that in order to for investment. But I'm just saying that the argyle mine that's in Australia yeah. that carries the pinks is is de- being depleted. Oh, really? Yes, that's they're a, running so out of a. You're going to see a big diamonds. rise in color. You know, you'll see them on the market or well, at makes the auction houses going from you know several hundred thousand to millions of dollars per carat on these stones. If you have a lot of something, it's not as worth as much as those that there's not a lot of. That's correct. Try to, and try to people make sure. will buy those right up. All right. We've got to take another break. We've got to get the news. Eric Coleman is here from Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. He's got more important information for you when we come back. All right. Eric Coleman is here in my studio, and we're talking about... Uh, you know, good stuff like yeah. uh, how to buy diamonds, diamonds you know, yeah. and how not to get ripped off right. when you buy a diamond. And you, you know, what are you? what is it specifically that you're looking for? Are you in the mind for a, a Estruscan ring with colored stones in it? Well, I can make that. So you're talking Greek to me. Yeah, I know. That's Greek. That's actually And that's why people... Greek, <laughs> Greek ring. Is it? Yeah. All right. So here's the key. It's this is why you need to go by and, and see Eric and to look at what he is offering he's got a vast supply of uh you know different uh, brands of of jewelry that you can choose from but and this is the big but i put this in capital letters but yeah he makes a lot of jewelry just from scratch right a lot of engagement rings we make a lot of engagement rings and we we've really a guy comes in he wanted a four carat emerald cut his wife wanted a four wow right that'd be pretty 
Yeah, and then they had just, they had it all right there in front of me as far as the picture, and then we put trillion diamonds on each side. Okay, what are trillion diamonds? Uh, trillion like a triangle. Oh, okay. Yeah, but trillions or triangle. All right. Call it either one, and you know it flanks on either side of the stone on the emerald cut. And we made the setting for that. So all of that sparkle around. The, the emerald drove your eye to the emerald. The emerald was a beautiful stone. He came in. I, I want it for my wife's anniversary. Mm-hmm. She deserves this. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She put up with me for this long. And Right. <laughs> and uh, That's the way guys we got, think. We got guys yeah, but she got what she wanted. Yeah. And she's happy. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, better, you know, make your happy wife. You know, that's what I'm saying. Happy wife, happy life. Whatever it is, you know, <laughs> gentlemen, you need to think about what it is that you need to do for your wife. I mean, she puts up with you, right? I mean, her mind does with me. You know, and it's good to think about that from time to time. A nice piece of jewelry is something that you can hand down mm-hmm. to your family members, you know. Right. And it's, it's, it's something that they'll cherish for a long, long time. It's not like you're spending money on something that's going to go away or, you know, you don't want to buy an appliance, right? You don't want to buy her. If you want to anything. be on your wife's bad side, buy her a vacuum cleaner. I mean, does she have a pair of diamond earrings? Yeah, really. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. But, you know, or something stupid, you know. So. I did that. Have never done it since. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, we're talking. I know. It's, yeah, I know. 20 plus years but ago. But you learned, right? They, I learned. I know. They tell you. I learned because it but was I'm as just, cold inside my house as it was outside of my house. When they open up Christmas that box, Day. it's got a beautiful piece of jewelry in it. Man, they're happy. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm telling you. Or I make something for them or whatever it is that needs to be done. So if you don't have the essentials, the basics of what a woman wants, I can tell you these very simple. You need to get her a, diamond, a tennis bracelet and a set of earrings and a diamond pendant. Okay? A diamond. These are the essentials that a woman wants. She does want a diamond studs. Okay. Okay. They wear those every day. My wife wears hers every day. Those, those go in her earlobes, all right? That's right there. They go in her earlobes. Okay. Unless she's got a <laughs> nose piercing, maybe it goes in no, her she's nose. No, she hasn't got that yet. <laughs> but, we, and, but, but, you know, and then the diamond tennis bracelet looks really good on the hand. And, you know, and, right. and then eventually you'll get a, a, a ring and it's all, you know, like connected. See? Correct. Right. right. He's showing him. He's pointing at good. his fingers and pointing at his wrist. Yeah, because I got silver stuff on me. Okay. So when you talk pendant. You're talking necklace. Necklaces. Okay. Yes, necklaces. We are, have a lot of necklaces on right now. Are brooches still big? No. No, no here's what's happened with that. Okay. They come in with the antique brooches all the time, right? Right. I'm making necklaces out of those brooches. Well, that makes sense. That's yeah, kind of a, just pretty you, easy to... Right. You, you just cut it off. You, you put two ends, and you put a chain on one side and one right. side, and you wear it. And they're beautiful. Beautiful. Antique stuff. Yeah. If you've got some old stuff that's laying around the house, we can make jewelry out of that. I mean, you know, we got all kinds of ideas. You know, why not Why not use it to your advantage instead of it sitting in the jewelry box? Correct. Right. So that's what we do. Very and it doesn't cool. take long to do it. You can make Christmas presents out of your mother's jewelry. Sure. You know, and that works every time. Sure. And then you talk about passing down. It may not be to a daughter that you pass down. Let's say you got your your engagement ring and you want to pass it down if you don't have a a, a, da- a daughter you can always give it to the son right. and he gives it that's going on right now i got that going on right now what if the son needs a ring engagement ring the mother's diamonds were brought in we're going to make a, a ring for that and give it to him and he gives it so it's see after. that's very cool yeah that's very cool <clears throat> because you're passing down not only 
you know, uh, the diamonds, it's it's an heirloom yeah. at that point. And you look at it, and it's on her hand, and you know it's a mother's diamond or whoever, grandma's diamond, whoever's it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. And be honest with you, a lot of ladies like that because well, they make them feel like they're part of the family. Right. It's the personal effect that it has on people. Yeah. That's where you put something together like that. And I have that happen all time day. People come in the store all the time with, with just, you know, in state full of stuff. Okay. They're saying, what can you do with this? I go through it. I filter it out. I separate the junk from the real jewelry. You're I right. Said, and I said, okay, here's what we can do. You can, we can either make something for you, something that you can keep and cherish, or we can buy the jewelry, or we can uh, do whatever it is that you want me to do, or just give it back to her. I'll usually check stuff out for people because they don't know what they're doing. So I'll be glad to help them with that. You know, when we say that, when when Eric says people don't know what they're doing, here's the key: you're not a jeweler. I'm not a jeweler. You know, he's gonna he's gonna bring you up to snuff on the things you need to know. I mean, he might have ideas for a ring that you haven't even considered. Just like he said just a moment ago about the little diamonds in a necklace. Yeah, on the- having twenty five of them or whatever. Those right. just that stuff you're going to get from Eric. Yeah, right. We come up with these ideas for them to have, and then, you know, hey, they love it. The women love it, especially if it's made from somebody else's diamonds like that. Yeah. Uh, we do that all the time, Dave. It's important. T-bar necklaces with the brooches going across. Okay. All kinds of things like that. Uh, if they want a ring made, we'll be glad to sit down and make that. And that's important. Now, where is it, Dave, that you can actually go and get it cat out and have a 3D printer to show the customer? They don't have that. It's not around very much at all. So that that's the type of style where we're jewelry manufacturers as well as a jewelry store. That's really – and let's talk about that because that used to be, you know, you just had big jewelry companies that turned out product and you guys would buy their product. Right. And then you'd present it and people would choose from it. Now people come to you and you're able to make the product specifically – to meet the demands of the customer. That's exactly right. That's why everything has changed in the industry. It's gone that direction. It's got it's it's inversely okay. It's it used to be big big store and then drop down to the to, to the little you know jeweler. Now the little jeweler is on the top, right? And he's making it for his customers. See, they come. See, they don't they don't go back to the big stores like that anymore. They're going to the mom and pops. Why? Because we have the knowledge. We also have the expertise in making things and jewelry mm-hmm. manufacturing. That's why people come to see us. That's why a lot of people buy their jewelry at big box stores have to come see you all to get it repaired. That's correct. Because there's nobody, there's not a jeweler sitting back in that big big box store. You know where it? Not the anymore. Jewelers left. Yeah. There's, jewelers have been gone. Jewelers. There's so many stores that's closed. Day. I mean, I hate that. And I saw all the destruction that happened to these other jewelers. They were all, it was all over JHJ, jewelers helping jewelers. I saw them. How do you, I mean, how do you survive all that? Yeah. Well, it's we, very we've difficult. Seen, we've seen that here in the Little Rock area. Yeah, we I can I can name a couple of of uh, jewelry stores uh, that uh, used to advertise on my radio station and don't any longer because they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dave? You really have to have a true passion for people when you're in the jewelry business. That's the reason why I'm in the business is not because it was the knowledge that I know and the things that I know that are in the jewelry business. I have a same passion as a lot of other people for that particular passion for jewelry, mm-hmm. gemstones, diamonds. 
You have and from I, a kid. And that's the reason why I love people. I love to talk to people. I love to be able to help people. And that's the one reason why I'm in business, because I was working at one time in the back of a shop with no people. Yeah, you didn't You didn't get to see all the smiles and, what and was going excitement. Now, I'm, now I'm, I'm right there when you come in the store, and we have some associates that work with us, and we uh, – we, took, we love our people, our customers. We love our people. Right, so just, for, just for everybody to know, I invited Roofer Girl to come today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you see her on Instagram all the time. Yeah. She uh, models the jewelry uh, that, uh, that Eric makes and that Eric has on display. Yesterday, she was showing bracelets called... Um, what was it? Paperclip. Paperclip. Paperclip necklaces and bracelets. Yeah, she was That's talking real about right that. Now. And... Uh, Gosh, I remember when little girls used to make those, but real paper clips. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're talking a gold and silver now, and doing it, and they looked really nice. But it's, she's she's putting them on and showing them. Well, we're going to be you know, having some auctions stuff. and different things coming up, and I'll be uh, unloading a lot of jewelry between now and Christmas because I've got you know merchant a lot of merchandise that needs to be unloaded. So what? What is your percentage? I mean, you know, you talk about you talk, you talk about with uh, some of the big re- retail stores, seventy percent of well, their I'm profit have, comes from Christmas time. Well, that's well, that's whether you make it or break it. Yeah, right. Well, last year was good, right? Two thousand nineteen, great. Pandemic March was it March? Yeah, I think yeah, it was March somewhere around there. It was men- being mentioned at the uh, beginning of the year, and then. They they step forward and say, "Well, you got problems." Yeah, and then okay, so what do you? How do you survive? That's that's what you you put the. Well, how do you survive now, when they tell you close your doors? I know. How do you? I don't. I really don't understand what's going on. We have the right. We have the say. We we are the ones who pay taxes and keep the government alive, right? Yeah. If you don't pay it's, them it's taxes, us. they they go out of business. So yeah. to speak. I mean, oh, they just go out and get a uh, somebody have them supplement money in their states like these blue states you know and they get their money mm-hmm. but anyway what about the small businesses think about that for just a minute you know i don't i say get out and shop you know please that's what you're supposed to be doing to help other people out just follow if if you're worried about the covid19 virus just follow the protocols you'll be fine yeah it's fine i've had dr yamauchi here and and he talks about wash your hands, don't be shaking hands, do the Yamauchi elbow yeah. bump and things of that nature, and you're not going to have to worry about yeah, I catching mean, it. You go to a restaurant, you you wear your mask to sit down, you take your mask off. I mean, come on. Unless you're in California, then you're asked to pull your mask down and take yeah, a bite and, try and to take put a bite, it back up. Try to <laughs> put it back up and do all those things. This is called government control. But anyway. I, yeah, I know. I saw, I saw a guy with mask on yesterday in Walmart. I was over there. I was picking oh, really? up, picking up some stuff, and uh, he had a mask on, and he had a slit in his oh, mask he did? He in had the a middle. Slit in yeah, yeah, in the middle of his mask. For yes. Oh, that's funny. So he could put a straw in there and drink his from his thing, yeah. so he didn't have to take off. Look, I'll tell you what, I wear it when I'm in the store, and I'll wear yeah, it when too. I'm on the airplane going to Florida coming oh, yeah. up in a couple of weeks. That's, but that's right. when I when I get in my car, and it's just me and somebody else that I know, or my wife, or just me, 
I take that mask off, man. Well, you're, not gonna see me, you're not going to see me driving around with a mask on in my car. Yeah. This doesn't happen. Yeah. That that's just seems kind of silly to me. But so don't be afraid to come good, by a store. You know, I mean, uh, we take all the precautions necessary, and I'm there to help you. All right. You know. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you why you need to go see Eric Coleman at Hillcrest <laughs> Designer Jewelry. We've kind of touched on it, but when we come back, we're going to give you the address. We're going to give you the phone number. Uh, if you're wanting a piece of jewelry made specifically for someone, you're running out of time. You need to get over and see him. All right. Bottom line. So Dave Ellswick show. Stay with us. Got more with Eric Coleman from Hillcrest Designer Jewelry right here at 101.1 FM. The answer. All right. We're down to just a few minutes left with Eric Coleman. Uh, remember, if you want to know about diamonds, what's the difference between uh, a Chinese synthetic and a natural? Uh why are colored diamonds going up in price and all the other things yeah. that go on in this industry? You gotta you gotta talk to the man who's in the know, and that's Eric Coleman. Right. We have the answers for you. If you come into my store at three thousand Cavanaugh Boulevard in Hillcrest, I'm in Suite E, I'm right beside La Terraza restaurant. You come in, you introduce yourself to me. Just talk to me. Tell me what it is that I can do for you. Let me help you. But we have a uh, all kinds of jewelry right now that's uh, discounted for the Christmas selling season at 20 to 50% off. I have some estate jewelry that's in the store as well. I have right. a lot of unusual things that we've been buying. Uh, if you'll just have that opportunity to come by and stop in and see what I can do for you, get your girl taken care of. And, you know, they love jewelry. Or girls, you can come in and take care of the guys. Yeah. Guys like yeah, jewelry, I have, too. I have guys' bracelets in stock from Samuel B. These are they look like John Hardy bracelets. They're like, like that. masculine. Yeah, something masculine. Like you got on. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Or like Matt wears. Yeah, he's got ba- King Baby. Yeah, that's what the movie stars wear. He wears a lot of that yeah, stuff. He does. He likes it. He likes it a lot. But I'm just inviting you to come by, and if you haven't been by the store, please do so. Come by and check out what we have. We're giving free Christmas ornaments as stocking stuffers. I'll put them in a little box. You can take those with you. And this, these aren't like the ones you buy. You get 30 of them in a plastic tube at Walmart. These right. are... James Hayes. Yeah, these are nice. This is an artist that does now, he's, he's not delivered them yet, but they're supposed to be coming in for very soon. I'm hoping to get those pretty soon. But you need to stop by, see what we're all about. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer those questions for you. If you have anything that I can do for you, let me know. Uh, as far as making the jewelry and designing a piece for you, we'll see if we can get that done between now and Christmas. Yeah, because it, it's not, you know, it's an intricate, uh, intricate process it to is. do this. It's a very intricate process, but oh. uh, it's something that we do. <laughs> I have a few items right now that we're working on. We had a gentleman that came in that wanted some opals for his little girls made up in a necklace with different Ooh, stones around them. Yeah. Those are pretty. And they're all, all the girls of the whole family will have opal pendant necklaces. Okay. So it's whatever it is that you're looking for. But if you're looking for a good jeweler to take care of you, I advise you to come see me. Uh, I'm not the typical bench jeweler. I'm, I'm more of a designer slash uh, I work with high-tech equipment in the store. Mm-hmm. And we we go that route, like yeah. the laser welder machine, things like that. We can also repair He's glasses. got all the machinery necessary to make the jewelry you want uh, for the person that you want to give it to. I mean, have, have you gotten a picture from your wife lately that she sent to you, text to you? This is what I'm like thinking about what I want for Christmas. I haven't had that. 
But that's all right. Well, she can if she hears us today, she might do yeah, that. Yeah, she might. Yeah, she might. <laughs> I'll make sure I don't turn on the radio station when I'm in the car. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. Anyway, bottom line is, you know, you, you got if you want something personal, which means that he's going to make it from A and finish up at Z, you got to get there now. I mean, look, today is the third. Right. We're 22 days out from Christmas Day. 21 from christmas eve 21 days to christmas eve thank yeah. you for telling me that you That's gotta get quick, to it. it yeah it is that is wow it sneaks up I, on you the tree's up with just plain lights on it we haven't got the decorations yet. i'm the same way is that right I, yeah i've got i got the decorations <laughs> the bulbs next to the tree i have put on uh half of a tube as i like to say oh, right. of decorations oh, right. <laughs> but i need to get the rest of them on because i got the garland i gotta put on yeah so i got the star on it comes with light, so that wasn't any problem. I plugged it in and it lit up, but now I got to get the rest of the the decorations on. Yeah, Christmas is something that my son Cross gets so excited about. Well, yeah. I have a Down syndrome boy. Yes, uh, and my gosh, it's like he can, he's got a list. He's he's been tearing. He's been going through and getting the, all the stuff and put it together in a pile. Right, like this is what he wants, like a new sofa. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's like. All this stuff, you know. I've said, okay, right. Kathy, we can't do all this. We can do mo- some of it. Yeah, but you know, it's it, he is so what excited does he about Christmas. Really want that's oh, I the thing. I think he wants a PS4, PS5, PS5, brand new yeah, one, a new one or something like that. And good luck finding it. And and he wants a big. See, I went out and bought a seventy-five inch screen TV. I got in the living. Oh, okay. So my TV's a lot bigger than his, and he yeah. wants a bigger one now. Oh yeah, yeah. But you got thirty-five. Huh? 20, 25, 35 inch? I got a 75 inch. I know, but what's he got? Uh, he's got probably about a 40 inch. Okay, so now he's bigger. looking for at least and a 65. I don't know 65. how it's fit up there, but yes. <laughs> he wants what we have in our living room. I understand that. I, I'm, What I'm doing for my grandkids is very simple. I, I went out and I bought a 50 inch flat screen. Oh, did you? As soon as I can get it, there'll be a PS5, and I'll put it in the, in the, the bedroom that I got the extra bedroom and we'll have a game room for them. Oh, that's great! You know, then they want then they want to come to 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 pop or granddad's house because they can do some things that yeah, are they won't be bored. Twenty first century. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> they say I'm bored. I give them a book and they just look at me. Oh well. Oh okay. yeah. here, here, here's a book. Yeah, here's a yeah. book. You ever read this book? No, I haven't. Well, you should. It's the the original novel for Star Wars. You know, you should read it. You know, they, you know, ain't, they ain't interested in reading and they want, want to watch it. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, that Dave, that people who are, listening, who are listening will actually come see me this Christmas and do shop with me and support your local jeweler that's in Hillcrest. You know, we're a small mom and pop. You know, when we we have to pay bills and we just need you to come by and introduce yourself to us. I'll I'll hit you up with some good deals. Small mom and pop does not mean small creativity. In fact, it's just the opposite. Small mom and pop means big creativity. And it can be made by Eric. The the guy who does my CAD for me is an artist, a fine artist. Right. He is. He sells. He's an artisan, too. Yeah, he's an artisan, too. And so we're working out this system where we can work together and collaborate and make different things. We already have one line of jewelry that we've made. 
So we go from line to line making different things. All right. We're putting that in the store. All right. We're going to finish it up with some music for you. Neither one of us fit this category. Neither Eric or myself. Neither of us is a Grinch. Oh. Yeah. We, we both love Christmas. So we'll end up with the song. And remember, 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard in Hillcrest. Yes. Get up and see Eric. What's the phone number there? 501 246 3655. And the website? Uh, com. There you, you can go. find us also on Facebook. Hillcrest and Instagram. Instagram, all that good stuff. Check it all out. Yeah. All right. We're Thank out you. of time. Thank you, Eric, for coming hey, in. Welcome. Dave Ellswick Show. See you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. <laughs>